Hail Dictinus grants us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. What didn't you do to bury me? Alas, you forgot that I was a seed. Welcome to Being of the World, How Witches Help, the 190th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Dinos Christianopoulos. You may call me Ode. Merry meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And I am Jax, Ode's brother. And we are back. We return. We return. We hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. Yes. We tried to make s'mores. Well, we did successfully make we, s'mores. We had uh, some damp wood in uh, our fire pit, and so it did not. we did not get a very good fire. But, but let me just say the Jack's <laughs> fire starters are perfection. They're made by a little boy named, obviously, Jack. And that is what we use uh-huh. to make our so s'mores. So we made our s'mores just over the fire over starter. Over the little fire starter thing, because that's it, the only thing that was burning. That was the only part that burned. <laughs> but it was enough to, to heat up marshmallows. But we should begin with our housekeeping. That's true. So it is the first recording of the month, which that's means right. the reading of all of the names. Sit back, relax, take yes. a sip of water. To begin, we have 40 kittens, unnamed. Thank you, kitten. We love you, kittens. We have 30 cats, and their names are Willow Green, Ian Lovecraft, Ebby, Nikki Norcross, Ashley Harkins, Amber Ullman, Kelly Burt, Erin Kathleen, Nova Misko, Annabelle Lee, Firesong, Callie Flower, Rose Shepherd, Abby, Chris Mickelson, The Dryad, JD, Claire K.R. Miller, Cabra, Maddie Kunes, Christine Phillips, Squiggy, Elisa Durka, Coney Briggs, Shakora, Rebecca Hillman, Laura Loki, Cindy Barrick, Jasmine Ray Bell, and M. Tyvalsari. Thank you, cats. We love you. Yes. We have 64 hunters, and their names are Melissa Winskill, Hannah Zegedy, Mike Stanley, Sahara Rose, Callie Brown, Laurel Jade, Misa Sky, Fanakari, Tony Ghost, Asipiter, Ivy Rose, Michaela, Cameron Grant, Ashley Ann, Maharat, Darby, Talia Franks, Justin Harrell, Starlight Lokison, Mel Renee, Crimson Russell, Nietzsche, Druidic Hart, Daughter of Oak, Mach 2556, Alicia Noble, Precious Fire, Heather Lewis, Sophia Duncan, Roanoke the Wiccan Wizard, Samwise the Blonde, Kitty Catastrophe, Goddess Incognito, Shivey, Hrolfer, Andy Olson, La Petite Poisson, Cara B, Loriana Lee Knapp, Sammy Prouty, Melissa Gerben, Megan Kipper, Corvus Felliday, Kai Oakenshield, Ryan Hopkins, Melkor, Rochella and Dasveed, David Dashifen Keys, Amy Martin, Darian, Sky Bierce, Jax, Sarenth Odinson, Ushi Ursa, Victoria Selness, Alyssa Addy, Ray Lathrop, Quinn Ann ASMR, Dahlia Darge, Jace Helmer, Alora Driver, Jessica Jones, Charles Howison, and Stevie Thompson. Thank you, hunters. We love you. Yes. Thanks to our many, many hunters. And even those who literally signed up two minutes ago. <laughs> Thanks to our leopards. There are 11 of them, and their names are Jody Cozy, Nolan Hayes, Swan Fairywater, Kitty Robinson, Kimberly Squeaky Reynolds, Alex Robinson, Shadows Raven 666, Eleanor Faithful, Chris Calibri, Gemma Atkinson, and Gary Bearstorm. That was our leopards? Yes. We love you leopards. Thank you. We have five tigers, and they are Weavers of the Web ATC, Jim Two Snakes, Kelly and Jim, Amanda Hicks, and Crystal of Apothecary Tees. Thank you, tigers. We love you. We have two panthers, and their names are Don Taylor and Melissa Negron Schilling. We love our panthers. Thank you. And thanks, as always, to our two Jaguars. Jaguars. Laurie Phillips and Justin Stanage. That's right. That is all of our patrons. Thank you very much to all of you. Yes, we do love each and every one of our patrons. We thank you for your support and helping us do this thing every Mm -hmm. week. (laughs) And the Patreon will be revised Mm -hmm. relatively soon here. Gwen and I intended to do it last week and forgot. So part of our (laughs) part of our housekeeping here today is letting everybody know we're going to be 
reassessing yep. our, our Patreon pledges because we know we have not been very good mm-hmm. uh, always at getting our pledges out on time. Um, so we're going to be reassessing those. And Jackson is going to be contributing That's right. something yes. to our to our Patreon pledges at a, at a particular tier. Once we decide what that is, we'll yep. announce it. Yep. But I think it's a very... Uh, it's an excellent one. It's, it's going to be an excellent little pledge reward that I think you all will very much enjoy. Absolutely. Soon. Soon. <laughs> By the way, this is the first time I think I've ever heard you read the names, and it's gloriously entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> there are just so many of them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, let's see. Do we have any more housekeeping we need to do? Yes. Okay. Um, I will be going to the Fairy Ball this weekend. That's right. This Saturday is the Fairy Ball at... at- Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be vendors there from 10 until 4. And then from 7 to 2 is the dance itself. You should add some AMs and PMs in there probably. Oh, yeah. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And that is the is the is where the vendors are mm-hmm. going to be open. And then 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. <laughs> is going to be the dance. So dancing all night. Dancing all night. Well, not all night. And it is uh, camping recommended. You can go to Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary for tickets, information, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to be there p- with my party Partying. shoes on. Yep. So uh, go to, again, to Wol- Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary. They're on Facebook, and they also have a webpage. Just Google it, and you'll find all the, or just Google Fairy mm-hmm. Ball 2022, and uh, you'll get all the information you need. It's in Michigan, in Remus? Yes, Remus, Michigan. Yes, to make sure you get the right one. Yes, Al says, I do love that Wolf Run is in Remus. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, there's a there's a pleasant synchronicity there. Remus, Michigan. Mm-hmm. All right, so is that it for housekeeping? I think so. In that case, we are housekept. And housewept. Hooray! Hooray! Huzzah! Yeah, so we are going to be talking today about methods to improve the world rather than just lamenting the state of it. <laughs> Activism! <laughs> And especially um, activism as part of a pagan or witchcraft practice. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's something that um, I really started looking into more through doing spell work, through doing online rituals. Honestly, just through sharing information on TikTok when mm-hmm. I find something that uh, is relevant and needs to be shared, things like that. I think it's an important issue that we need to talk about. We've talked about it a little bit. We have, definitely. In the past. Especially uh, topical situations, like Mm -hmm. we talked about it uh, during the Black Lives Matter protests, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. But I want us to just sort of cover it in general, because I think it's a good follow-up to the coping skills episode that we did two weeks ago now. Yes. Our last episode. That episode was about sort of surviving the world. Yeah. And those skills are things you're going to need to practice while you pursue the work of this episode. Mm -hmm. But as much as it's important to take care of ourselves and to to look after our own safety and happiness in uh, a very dark and troubling world, it's also our responsibility as witches and pagans to try to improve the world as much as we possibly can. There have been some very moving messages on multiple platforms, not just in the last few months, but it's been going on for several years mm-hmm. that we as witches, as pagans, as, know, human as human beings, we are being called to make some our voices heard in mm-hmm. some way. And there are a lot of ways to do that. And there mm-hmm. are a lot of topics oh my God, so to do that topics. on. So I, I was just brainstorming like the, the subjects which could use activism mm-hmm. um, and, and which are the works of various organizations in, mm-hmm. in the current day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could go down the list, but ultimately what I think I, I settled on is that all of the subjects, especially that are, are concerning to me personally, things mm-hmm. like queer rights, reproductive rights, voter discrimination, the criminalization of sex work, over-policing, that kind of thing. Ultimately, these are all violations of human dignity being expressed in various forms. Mm-hmm. They are forces of oppression of one kind or another, stripping the the dignity and the humanity from various classes of people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are other things to focus on. There's environmentalism, Mm -hmm. the climate crisis, all kinds of things. But I I think a lot of it comes down to there are forces with institutional power Mm -hmm. that maintain that power. And they don't want to do what's necessary well, and it's not even that, that they don't want to do what's necessary to they improve things. They want to keep things. their power. It's that they gain power by mm-hmm. violating the dignity and humanity yeah. of groups of people. Absolutely. 
I would also say it's important to remember that while there are these massive topics to tackle that need to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. handled, there are also activism tasks that you can do on a more community-based scale. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so something I think is a, a danger when you start approaching activism, especially if you've never done it before, mm-hmm. is that it feels like too big of a problem. Yeah. And then it gets overwhelming. Yeah, so although the fights for various activist causes are global fights. Mm -hmm. You have to organize locally to handle them in your individual community. Mm -hmm. And those local movements happening in multiple places Mm -hmm. build collective momentum. Yeah, Yeah. because you run the risk of looking at one massive global spanning problem and realizing you are but one human being and feeling overwhelmed and then just laying down on the ground and going, huh. Yeah, yeah. It, and you're not exactly sure what to do. How can, you know, one person overcome this this powerful machine, mm-hmm. this these corporate powers or... Governmental the powers. Governmental powers or, or whatever. These fascist, in, in some cases, or movements. quite simply the hyper-rich. The hyper-rich, yeah. It can seem like just little voices yelling into the wind, Mm -hmm. you know, not making much difference. And so I think that stymies a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But It's a very intimidating task. Yeah, which is, I think, why, like, when elections come around, Mm -hmm. you see only a tiny portion of the population, whether it's your local, federal, whatever, that's why you only see a small portion of people who actually get out and vote. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help that certain powers that be are making it even harder now to get out and vote. That's the voter suppression. Yeah, that's voter suppression Um, because there are people who want to maintain power. Yes. And if they can make it harder for people to get out and vote, they know they'll be able to maintain that power. And that may sound um, bananas to people outside of the United States. So just for, for our listeners who are in better organized countries, voting is not compulsory or mandatory in the United States. And consequently, there has been no effort made to make it as easy as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas here in the United States, we have things like gerrymandering mm-hmm. and, and all kinds of problems. The United States has been intentionally designed mm-hmm. to make voting difficult. <laughs> Char says, activism is awesome, but people. I like to do things for people. I never throw clothes out. I give them to those in need. I share food with elderly and people I know have no one or are in need. But going out to do marches and stuff totally freaks me out. So this is actually something that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, So there, I think there's too hard of a gap between what people consider activism. Because there's the... The global activism, there's the going out to protests and marching activism, and then there's these sort of smaller pieces of activism and rebellion that you can do very, very intentionally and locally. You can help feed your community by having you and your friends and everyone you can convince to start community gardens and grow food and hand it out for for free for people who need it. The fight can be as big or as small as you need it to be. Mm Mm-hmm. To a degree. There need to be people doing the small community tasks, Mm -hmm. and there also needs to be people going to marches. Someone has to be doing both. You can't do just one or the other, effectively is what it comes down to. So in your community, figure out who's capable of doing which one and divvy Mm -hmm. up those tasks, but someone has to show up to the marches. Yeah. And someone has to bring food to their neighbors. Yeah, I think it's just finding a balance of the both. Mm -hmm. Don't burn yourself out, but make sure that you go to the marches and Mm -hmm. you do these things. Because, like, I've gone to several marches, and they're, one, beautiful and invigorating places to be. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. feel like change is happening on the ground. Mm -hmm. And, two, I have done community gardens and, Mm -hmm. and taken in people's hemlines because they needed it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't I don't want to suggest in any way that those things are not useful. They absolutely are, especially mm-hmm. in community maintenance. Mm-hmm. However, for making large-scale changes to, like, mm-hmm. institutional powers, you do need large numbers of people mobilizing yeah. on the ground. And for, for people, you know, like Shar is saying, I like to do little things that it might not seem like a lot, but it means a lot to you. And that's very significant and important. Like 
taking food to, uh, you know, the hungry and the things that you're talking about. But you can also sign a petition when it comes mm-hmm. around. That's a very important thing because it gets issues on the ballot. Yes. You can go vote when your local elections come around as well as the national election. Whenever you get an opportunity to do those kind of civic things, mm-hmm. maybe you yourself aren't comfortable going out to a march but maybe you can donate money to the organization that is sponsoring the march. Or, like Katie Catastrophe is saying, uh, she hasn't gone out to protests much since her kids were born, but they make care packs for protesters when they happen and pass those yeah. out. That's very useful. Protesters, especially protests that are going long-term, mm-hmm. need support crews effectively to keep them running. Like, I couldn't go to all of the Black Lives Matter marches. There were several, but, you mm-hmm. know, in our happening area in our that area. were happening. But what I could do was donate water. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Sometimes that's all you can do, but that is a huge impact because you are empowering the people mm-hmm. who are there. You're encouraging and you're supporting. You are acting as a support to the people who can be present. Yeah. And Lewick makes a very important point, which is including jail support funds to help bail people out who get arrested at protests. Yes. Yes. Yep. That is a very useful thing you can do if you can't be physically present at a protest is to help protect and literally bail out the people who will get unjustly arrested at them. Another thing you can do is send emails and you can make phone calls because I tell you what, I was always like, oh my God, I don't want to make phone calls. All you ever do is talk to a fucking machine. You don't actually talk to a person. Yeah. Because you're, just, they get... <laughs> you're filling up the answering machine. And yep. uh, and if you're too anxious about that, almost every cause out there is going to have a script you can use. Yep, exactly. So that's something that you can do, too. You can also, like, spread the word about, before you go to a protest, the, the, preparation the, yeah, list. The, the... Um, and there are some things that people just don't know. If you mm-hmm. have friends who are going to protests hand them these pieces of information, like mm-hmm. the fact that the police can't ask you for your phone unlock code, but they could hold it up to your face or mm-hmm. uh, to get your face unlock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like if you're going to a protest, you want to turn off all the biometric keys on your phone so that uh, you can't be forced to open it against your will. Mm-hmm. You should have a police recording app. There are several available. Ideally, you should have one that automatically uploads to a cloud service somewhere so that if your phone is damaged or uh, confiscated, your footage is secure. There are a lot of organizations out there that can teach you how to safely and legally legally film police action so Mm -hmm. that that footage can be used for legal purposes if necessary. Yeah, there's also just like, like going to any good concert where you're about to dance a lot, there's Mm -hmm. a list of things that you should and should not wear or bring or just be around. And my advice to you on this is do not trust every piece of information you find about protest prep. Try to find the checklists from organizations actually in your area that have actually done protests, ideally that have actually faced police action during their protests, because there's a lot of misinformation that is well-intentioned. People will will spread it around thinking it's accurate and it's not. So like there's the long-standing myth that uh, for tear gas, you should pour milk in your eyes. That's Mm. not good. That you just need to pour clean water. Milk is more likely to to cause an infection than anything. But that's like a piece of urban legend that Mm -hmm. gets passed around by people who are trying to help. People like Starhawk, uh, who you can read her writing at starhawk.org, she has had a lifetime of mm-hmm. peaceful protest, nonviolent protest. And uh, she teaches seminars in class when she has gone to places. But she also writes a lot about protests that she's been involved in and mm-hmm. the things that you can do to, you know, to protect yourself and, and protect others. yourself. A lot of this is just doing activism, mm-hmm. just making the effort to improve the world, I think is an inherently pagan and witch action. Mm-hmm. I think that is something very much, and I don't mean this in a like, the universe has called this way because that's mm-hmm. not what my personal like worldview right. orients around, but I do believe that as people who who work closely with land spirits and mm-hmm. ancestors and, and gods who are more concerned with uh, the day-to-day goings-on of the world, mm-hmm. I do believe we have spiritual obligations mm-hmm. in some way and obligations to each other as humans to, mm-hmm. to do what's within our capacity to improve lives. That's right. And, you know, and magically and energetically mm-hmm. speaking, whether it's spellcraft or ritual or some other form, not even just in a metaphysical sense, but in a, a physical real world, you know, I'm going out and doing a thing right. sense. Witches have always 
than political. Yeah, I know we've gotten some flack from a few people over mm-hmm. the years for bringing politics onto the podcast. Yeah. But like, I don't know what your witchcraft or, or your religion yeah. even is if it's not political. Yeah, yeah. We need to be doing what we can to help heal the world, mm-hmm. you know, heal our communities, yeah. heal within our sphere of influence. And for many of us, that is a tiny sphere of influence. It may just be our family, our children, teaching them how to be caring and loving to all people. Right. Make them healthier. Make them healthier <laughs> in how they treat other individuals. Oh, I will also say, if you go to these sorts of protests and things, and you happen to be white, use your white privilege to help other people. Yeah. You can you can do a, a useful task there mm-hmm. of being the white body the police are much less likely to arrest. Mm-hmm. And make sure we're lifting up those black and indigenous and minority voices. Mm-hmm. Sure also says, I sign the petitions, I do the little things. Supporting pain, can that be considered activism? Sure. Absolutely. What I would say, Shar, is don't worry about what counts as activism. No. Uh-uh. Like, you don't have to meet a, a, a criteria, a, a threshold to be considered an activist. That's not what we're saying here. We're not saying, like, oh, you have to do X number of activism tasks per year to get your membership card. We're just saying, like, consider the opportunities in mm-hmm. your life, in your world, to improve the world around you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it. This isn't a competition. Yeah. No one is better than anyone else as far as it, we all do what we can. Exactly. Whether it's a small thing or a huge thing, depending on your very your definition of what those things are. Not everybody has the same giftings. Mm-hmm. Not for, not everybody has the same opportunities, or for that matter, the financial ability to do something. Like I would love to go to the women's march in Washington D.C., but I don't have the fucking money to do that. Exactly. But we can donate 20 bucks here or there. We can sign petitions. We can, you know, show our support in other ways. Elle says doing anything is worlds better than doing nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if what you're doing affects your sphere of influence, if you are raising your children to be accepting of all people and and treat people with kindness and, and dignity and stand up for those who are being mistreated, then you're doing an activist kind of thing, in my opinion, because it starts small and we can blossom from there. Right. Although I do want to be clear and double down on this is not a like leave it to the next generation. No, kind of no, task. no, no. I agree. Do prepare the next generation. Yes. And absolutely prepare them to be better people than we are. But we can't leave it up to them to solve problems. No, I because guess is what I'm saying. What if we do that? <laughs> yeah. we, you see what's happening now. Human rights. Yes, being stripped away. Are being stripped away and are, are being threatened. And Odin and I talked about this, and I think Jackson and I have talked about this too. I don't think everyone really understands how significant this thing with Roe v. Wade is. And I don't want to get into it too much here yeah. because it's a very U.S.-centric problem. I agree. I agree. But the the language that, that was used, at least in the leaked yeah. judgment, opens the door for the repeal of a lot more precedents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a cascading effect. It's a cascade. Yeah. Those who are in power will always do what they can to try to either regain or hold on to the power they have. And they gain power explicitly mm-hmm. by stepping on little people. That's right. And so if there's not enough little people, they will create some more to mm-hmm. step on. And let's just put it out there, it's privileged white men. Largely. Largely. Old, old white, rich men, yes. Yeah. Our tiger, Jim Two Snakes, has spent much of the past three decades providing spiritual and emotional support for individuals that are looking for accountability, wisdom, and safe, supportive space while they discover how to walk their own path. Jim is now offering his spiritual dad service in a Patreon structure. This informal program includes regular contact with Jim and specific guidance for what's going on in your life right now, along with a talking stick monthly meeting for some levels and regular phone calls ranging from one to four times a month at other levels. Jim will help you with goal setting, ritual and energetic practice ideas, and teaching suggestions, support, and accountability in whatever it is you want to accomplish. And because it is your path, he will adapt his suggestions to suit what works best for you. It's called Spiritual Dad, but there is no age limit. We all need spiritual and emotional support. To find out more, visit jim2snakes.net or patreon.com forward slash spiritual dad. Hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus!
definitely don't want people to feel, you know, like they're being pressured yeah. into doing something they're not comfortable with. No. Everybody... I just I just want people to step up and do what they are comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. Because it's easy to sort of sink into this Ap- complacency. Yeah, and an apathy. Yeah. Because it just feels like too much. Yeah. It's easy to get overwhelmed and, and, and then under- not even do the stuff that's within your capacity. And I understand that because I'm, a, believe it or not, pretty much a introverted person. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of energy for me to get out and go someplace, especially if I have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thing. It takes courage. And so I understand when it's not something that you can do. If you just um, don't have the fucking spoons. Exactly. But I, I do, especially, I know money's tight for everybody right now. Mm-hmm. Especially so, with these gas prices. Uh-huh, Jesus no kidding. Christ. <laughs> so I often see, like, calls for fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Often, like, somebody's little personal, like, please, I just need enough to make rent right. fundraiser. Right. And sometimes for, you know, larger things like somebody's medical expenses or mm-hmm. even larger things than that, like uh, First Nations tribes are doing fundraisers to, to buy some land back or things like like that right and it's like because money's always been very tight for me because I grew up in a working poor family I still don't make a ton of money now even when I'm doing okay financially it's still like I have this internal like oof like can I afford to give money to someone mm-hmm. will I will I be okay if I give money to someone and so I have to like sit with that sometimes and do not just like the financial assessment of like will I be okay if I put $20 toward this person's GoFundMe? Mm-hmm. But I have to also sit with like that, the spiritual and emotional wound, I guess, that poverty has left on me mm. of this impulse to just keep what I have in case I need it later. Right. Even if I don't need it right now, I just have this anxiety about not having enough. So sometimes it's it's good and healing when you are in poverty, if you can spare that 20 bucks mm-hmm. to give it to someone who needs it that little bit more than you. Mm-hmm. I think that can be genuinely a very healing and reparative process. It really can. And I usually donate anonymously because I don't like, I'm not going to like do it on my taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just it's, I, I've found for me, although it can be a struggle to give away that $20, sometimes that $20 to me is the difference between like feeling comfortable and feeling slightly anxious but for another person it's the difference between making rent or being unhoused right and l makes a point that i think has been made before but is it bears repeating because i care about all the things but there's no way i can be fully active in all of them we can focus on one or two things that mean the most to us. Yes. I think the first time I heard that was at, I think it was at a Michigan Pagan Fest. Probably. And it yeah. was, it was T. Thorne Coyle mm. who said, pick one thing. Mm-hmm. Pick the one topic that is most on your heart personally. Mm-hmm. That is the thing you have the most energy to, to pursue that gets you the most fired up and pursue that thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to do two things, you will burn out. Yep. And once you've burned out, you're no use to anyone. Yep, exactly. Elle says, ooh, but also focusing on intersectionality within your one thing. Yes, because there's often a lot of overlap between like, so like if your one thing is the the unhoused crisis, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of overlap between uh, the unhoused and hunger. Yep. And the criminalization of sex work. Mm-hmm. And... Clean water. Clean water access and over policing mm-hmm. and queer discrimination mm-hmm. safe places and for children mental health access there's a lot of overlap between yeah. a lot of these things mm-hmm. as a person who moves around a lot mm-hmm. i sometimes have an issue being able to grasp on and find that that exact one thing cuz i move countries also right. move states so you see different so i see crises. different different things in all these places so generally when i move to a new place there'll be, like, uh, something happening in the area, and I'll be like, oh, that's the one for this place. Mm-hmm. And when I move, it'll be the a one different... for this place. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, um, that is. And it works for, for me, because I live places two to four years, and then I move again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I bet of, that also keeps it fresh. Yeah, and I put that, like, as much focus and help as I can possibly pack into that time period. Like, when I lived in California, and I was going to... Uh, Black Lives Matter rallies Mm -hmm. and when Pride got turned into a protest which was 
an adventure. Uh, <laughs> Although very much in the, oh, in yes. the spirit, the spirit of, of the history of Pride. <laughs> oh, that, that whole thing was I, yeah. amazing. If you don't know the history of Pride, if you don't know the history of Stonewall, do go read about it. It's really amazing mm-hmm. because the, the reason that we have Pride is because of the trans women, a lot of the trans mm-hmm. women at Stonewall. Yeah. Githa says, the thing I am personally connected to, STEM education for impoverished communities, but occasionally focusing on that when it's seems like there are bigger issues, feels like I should be shifting focus or something. No. You, first of all, it is possible to care about multiple things at one time. Mm-hmm. So people who, who say like, oh, you can't focus on this small granular issue. When, what about child hunger? Are missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of focusing on your one thing is that everyone focuses on their one thing. Mm-hmm. And most people have a different one thing. So yeah. everything gets somebody's attention. Like... I just found out that there is an organization of pilots. Mm -hmm. They have created a program that will get trans youth and anyone who needs reproductive medical procedures done, Mm -hmm. but it's not available in their state. Mm -hmm. They will give them a free flight to a state that provides, whether it's reproductive health services or gender health services, Mm -hmm. they will get them where they need to go for free. Right now, they said that they can cover all 50 states, but they're always looking for for donations and more pilots. That's one of those great examples of like, do the thing that's within your capacity. Like, most of us can't do that, but pilots got together and were like, hmm, what's something we can offer to solve this problem? That's very much in the wheelhouse of like, bikers that accompany Mm -hmm. abused children, because bikers are fucking intimidating. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) And and when you have a big, burly, scary man in your corner Mm -hmm. at court, it feels a lot (laughs) safer to make accusations. Yep. Yeah, so like, everybody has something that is their thing. It's just a matter of finding your thing. And if your thing is STEM education for impoverished communities, that's great. That's super important because people who come out of impoverished communities into STEM have different priorities for what to do with that STEM education and are probably going to change the world in ways we can't even fathom. Yeah, or like I know a lady who she knits hats for premature babies Mm -hmm. and donates them to as many hospitals as she can manage. She spends like all winter just knitting little little tiny baby hats. hats. Elevatedaccess.org. If you know a pilot, see if you can volunteer or Mm -hmm. just give them some money. Yes. Or if you know people who need their, their services. That's a way you can help. Rochelle says STEM education can reduce poverty, food insecurity, mm-hmm. housing insecurity, and all sorts of other poverty-related issues in a long-term sustainable way for those individuals and their communities. It seems small and specific, but is part of the larger issue of poverty, and so it's really valuable. It is so this important. Is, this is what Elle was talking about earlier with the intersectionality of your mm-hmm. one thing. So every inequality is part of a web of larger inequalities. So every small move you can make to resolve or alleviate one specific inequality has a ripple effect throughout the whole web of inequality. And there's like literally no limit to your wildly specific wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. There are Mm -hmm. some tattoo artists out there who offer to cover neo-Nazi tattoos for free for people who've left. Or for um, covering self-harm scars, Mm -hmm. things like that. Guaranteed, there's something in your hyper-specific niche yeah. Um, that you can do to to help alleviate someone's pain. That's right. Oh, yeah. I ran across a guy somewhere in the UK who who uh, would find any variety of like racist graffiti and cover it with mushrooms. Excellent. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> I like this too. Reading at the library because some kids never get read to. Yes, and that's so important for developing verbal skills, for developing social skills. Definitely a good general tip. Go to your libraries. Go to your local libraries Mm -hmm. because they're going to be doing so much outreach you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Libraries are the hubs of communities where the overwhelming majority of like local activism starts. They always need volunteers. Yep. I used to volunteer when I was younger at uh, at a library, and they did so much. Like, go to your libraries and just ask what mm-hmm. they've got available. 
There will be a librarian there who will be delighted to tell you. And if you're, you know, concerned about, like, things like reproductive rights, mm -hmm. gender rights, that kind of thing, go to your local Planned Parenthood. Yes. Find out what you can do to help them. Let's get on to magic. Magic. You can and should be doing protective magic and things for yourself mm -hmm. if you are going out to protest some things. Absolutely. One of the things, when I went to PantheaCon, yay, two years ago, <laughs> but right before the pandemic uh -huh. fell upon us all, Starhawk taught a class on how to use your energetic shield mm -hmm. at a protest. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, you, you create just like you would your normal energetic shield, but... When you need to move through a crowd, especially if there are cops or something mm -hmm. and you need to be able to go through, you you reshape it. You mm -hmm. reform it so, so it's like the prow of a boat. It, I do that not even approaches. So I yeah. just do that going through general crowds. Just through general crowds. And it actually exactly. is very effective. It's very effective and you can practice on general crowds. Uh -huh. And then when you are at, at some, especially if you're in a situation where you need to move out of the way fast, uh -huh. use your energetic shield to create that energetic prow and just plow your way through so um, here's and bring people in your wake yes <laughs> well and not just in your wake i will say something that i have done before is uh it's a little bit tiring but you can momentarily at least extend your shields to cover your group mm -hmm. and for, especially just, for people who don't know how to do their own exactly. shield yeah. and then just get your entire group through a place that they that you all need to not be right now yeah exactly um and just here's a hint for the shaping your shield into prow of a ship mm -hmm. i literally put my hands together to in front of me and prow. create a little like triangle with my hands and that's just sort of my kinesthetic cue to push my shield that way and that helps visualize it if you struggle with that on my tiktok i have a video for a notice me not spell bag yes and you can create that for any reason if uh -huh. you want to be able to just slip by whether you want it activated immediately or activated as needed mm -hmm. you know you can create a notice me not spell bag to carry with you and by contrast you can make a notice me spell bag. Exactly. So that you draw fire. Exactly. So whatever you need it to, to be or to mm -hmm. do for you, you can, whether it's an energetic shield or a spell bag or mm -hmm. carrying something, a stone or glamours. something with you. Glamours. Glamours exactly. is very useful if you're, especially if you are a white person, for example, or, or someone who has like the appearance mm -hmm. of privilege. It can be very useful to do some glamour magic mm -hmm. to intentionally draw focus to you while still benefiting from that privilege so that you draw focus away from people with less privilege than exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, you can also do some minor things to enhance your, pretty much put points in charisma <laughs> and intimidation for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. So you just you just like put off very hard, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, me. with me vibes. <laughs> um, I sort of do that unintentionally. I have found. He does. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. things tend to slide off of me and people tend to leave me alone. And I take advantage of this often. Mm -hmm. And when I am with a group of people, I make myself a sort of mobile safe space mm -hmm. and I drag other people with me mm -hmm. past police or counter protesters, counter protesters, counter -protesters That's and places mm -hmm. that just need to be, that would be dicey. 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 Mm -hmm. And because of my natural aura, our, my whole group gets left alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you can set yourself up that way intentionally. Yes. You can also, especially if you're volunteering at mm -hmm. the event, you can set up a magical ward around the space mm -hmm. to, to make it a safe space for your organization and while, the people who are going to be attending the event. While also making it more visible so that mm -hmm. people who need yep. to find, for yep. example, the first aid tent yep. can find it when they need it. Exactly. So, you know, there's you can use your, your skills to assist when you are in a space for a protest or for whatever it is, you know, something to that's going to... Uh, benefit mm -hmm. one of these causes. That kind of work in particular, that mm -hmm. kind of protective work and that kind of glamour work is mm -hmm. useful if you're going to be in a potentially hostile environment. Yes, yes, exactly. We've been to pagan protests where there have been counter-protests. You know, counter yes. I've been to pro-choice uh, events where there have been counter-protesters. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you have to go in knowing that those protesters will be there mm -hmm. and take the action ahead of time. Yes. To be both... Put on your pagan armor. <laughs> put on your pagan armor and be... And, you know, you can also do... Uh, 
about spellcraft to be just be more alert. Mm -hmm. That's all you want to do is just to be alert of your surroundings and mm -hmm. what's going on around you. And I want to move into mobilizing spirits for mm -hmm. activism. Obviously, different spirits are ideal for different purposes, like mm -hmm. getting land spirits involved in climate crisis activism That's is right. uh, extremely sensible. There are also plenty of gods you could get involved with that. There are a lot of gods who have associations with the earth Hello. or natural you, phenomenon. You can get the earth involved. Uh -huh. the, the earth is a spirit, I believe, um, that, you can, that you can call upon to work with you. And you can work with just your local plant and tree spirits. Oh, absolutely. Because they also have a vested interest. They have interest. a vested interest. Oh, yeah. What about uh, the, the weather in, as well? Yes. <laughs> yes, the because the weather and climate systems and things are mm -hmm. all, all all tied in together. Air, earth, fire, and water. Yep. They're get all the el get all the elements involved. Yep. It's also worth bearing in mind that there are a lot of ancestors who did activism work mm -hmm. in their lifetimes, mm -hmm. and so they're extremely useful to call on. Yep, Lewick just said in the ancestors of the land you're on. That as well, yes. The lands, the the, the, the ancestors. <laughs> the, the land. That's a new word. The ancestors. The ancestors of the land you're on. The ancestors of your own line who have a vested interest in you continuing to mm -hmm. be healthy and well, which you can only do if your world continues to spin. But yeah, there are dead activists who you can call on to advise and to lend energy and to make spiritual moves in continuing their activism after death. Well, Witch Dr. Utu did mm -hmm. a whole book with... on working with Harriet Tubman and the, the spirits of the Underground Railroad. Yep. Uh, Elle is saying call on uh, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. fix some of the shit. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of the dead mm -hmm. who, who have worked very hard on a lot of these subjects and are no doubt very irritated that their work has not been yet mm. completed. Yeah. If you work with ancestors, reach out to some of them uh, on topics that they were associated with. Absolutely. I would also say, especially... In, if you're trying to get a hold of ancestors specifically of the land that you're on, mm. um, go to your local graveyard, go find the oldest grave, and just ask them up front in, while you're there, because mm. that can yes. be helpful. Because yeah. mm -hmm. um, I, I go, the oldest graves tend to be the most neglected, so if you do a little bit of care of the work that they're around, they might be a little bit more receptive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And especially in places in the United States where mm -hmm. we live on unceded land, make sure you're doing as right as you can by First Nations tribes who should own it. That will also help with your climate and land work. The other thing you can do is you can create servitors or, or egregores, mm -hmm. or even I consider sigils and, and other pieces of spell work to have spirits of their own. You don't have to necessarily reach out to spirits that already exist. You can create or summon mm -hmm. spirits to, to do very specific work for your activism tasks. Thanks to our tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, that's Aquarian Tabernacle Church organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a pagans in need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups, at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash weaversatc. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. And then the other kind of magic I thought we should talk about for, for activism is um, just the process of ritualizing your mm -hmm, activism. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that means doing a ritual before you perform some kind of activist function, mm -hmm. or whether that means turning the work of activism into a ritual mm -hmm. in some way. Um, I think that serves two uses. Mm -hmm. One, rituals are empowering. Right. So you add the, the power of the magic and the ritual to the work that you're doing. But also, it can be exhausting to maintain even your one thing mm -hmm. for a long period of time. And making it something that you do ritually, making it part of your your practice, mm -hmm. whether that's a witchcraft practice or a religious practice, can be energizing. Mm -hmm. Help you maintain it over the long term. That's true. That's absolutely true. And this is going to sound strange probably, but you know, I've done several spells on TikTok that I feel because they are a recording that people continue to add energy to mm -hmm. that in itself continues to generate the spell. 
Mm -hmm. So that is an, an option as well. Whether it is a ritual that you do that you add to your own practice, a mm -hmm. ritual you, that you do with a group of, of people, whether you're in a coven or just in a group of like-minded people, or if you want to do something like a, like a TikTok video or a Facebook video that other people can later watch and then add their energy to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, magic can be asynchronous, yeah. I think, um, yeah. which is something we sort of forget. We often see people like trying to coordinate a bunch of people doing a ritual at the same time mm -hmm. um, across multiple time zones. Mm -hmm. um, and I understand why they want to do that. And certainly I do think that can be very powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, you don't have to all perform the, the magic at the same time mm -hmm. for the results to still compound. Mm -hmm. Exactly. L says, is cursing or binding in any of your notes because going on the offense is a legit strategy? One <laughs> of the spells that, that I've done was a binding of Greg Locke and his church. And over 10,000 people have viewed that spell and are continuing to put energy to it. Mm -hmm. As well as people on TikTok who were calling the IRS and saying, hey, he's preaching politics. Right. And so now- Shouldn't he, he be paying taxes? So now he is. <laughs> you know, and so I, I feel like that that's all part of it. It all works together, whether it's a spell, or you're getting together and calling IRS, mm -hmm. or you know you're putting energy always, towards binding this man. Always make sure to follow up your magical efforts with practical action. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so um, it it may not happen as fast as we want to see, mm -hmm. but the influence it builds. Uh, it builds. It builds momentum. If you're worried about climate change, one thing to keep in mind is after you do all of these spells and rituals, be sure to sustainably get rid of your spell supplies. Yes. And mm -hmm. try to keep sustainable with your supplies in the first place. Yep. Yes. Exactly. And try to ethically source. So, like, if you're going to use components that are associated with First Nations tribes or that First Nations tribes in your area sustainably harvest, get it from them. Obviously, your your activism is, let's generously say, more effective when it's ethical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And there's also some good, there's some books out there. Yeah, so, so there are three books that I found on this topic. One I have read already uh, and we reviewed a while ago mm -hmm. uh, called Magic for the Resistance by Michael M. Hughes. I haven't read it recently, but I do remember enjoying that book at the time that I read it. And he still has the uh, Bind Trump group uh -huh. on Facebook, and they do magic for all kinds of political reasons, yep. not just Trump. Although that is a subject we should keep on top of. Oh yeah, trust me, he is. <laughs> That's an open group, so anyone you can, can go join. You can go join. The two other books I found, which I have not had an opportunity to read yet, but which are on my list, which look interesting certainly, are Revolutionary Witchcraft by Sarah Lyons and Witchcraft Activism by David Salisbury. There is a responsibility for us to, to stand up for those who are marginalized, mm -hmm. because we ourselves are marginalized. Jackson's making a face. Oh, just there's a book that I'm not sure would be directly related, but since uh, activism tends to get you butting up close and personal with the law, mm -hmm. um, there is a book that comes highly recommended called Pagans and the Law, Understanding Your Rights. Yes. yes. Do you and understand your rights yes, before you and, go do these things? And I'm not going to get into too much the specifics of the rights you have in the United States because I know we have listeners all over the world and everybody's rights are different, so I don't mm -hmm. want to give anyone any false information about what their rights might be. Mm -hmm. But be very clear on what your rights are and on the specific language you need to use to invoke your rights. Because in many cases, at least in the United States, you have to use very specific language to invoke your rights correctly so that they will be respected. So always look that kind of stuff up before you're going to have any kind of confrontation with an officer. Mm -hmm. uh, that book, again, is called Pagans and the Law, Understanding Your Rights, and it's specifically geared towards the American law system. Mm -hmm. Because of the things that are going on in the United States, I think it does bear thinking about the fact that we have this obligation to stand up and let our voices at least be heard. Mm -hmm. And demand that our voices and demand be heard. that our voices not be just heard. let our voices be heard because it's not a matter of like That's simply true. no one is speaking up. It's a matter of no one's listening. Exactly, and I think again, I've I've heard someone speaking on the fact, especially with the recent shootings, the majority of people in this country want just even the bare minimum of gun control laws in place. These are things that we have the right to speak on, the de to demand that we be heard because. 
we are supposed to have in the United States this this government by the people for the people, and right now we don't. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't want to focus too much on that because yes. although many of our listeners are in the United States and we are in the United States, yeah. I know we have quite a few listeners who are not. All right, do we have anything else we need to cover before we wrap up? I don't think so. Just kind of a, a reminder to take things one step at a time and make sure that while you're doing as much as you can, you don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, don't feel pressured Yeah. by anything that we said tonight. This is just a, a general yeah. call, or no, not even that. It's just general information. Oh, it is a little bit of call okay, to action. Okay, it's a call yes. to action. I mean, I'm not saying feel no pressure. I, I'm saying, like, do what you're able to do mm-hmm. within your sphere of influence. Yeah, and so as a person with anxiety, when before I went to a protest... Oh, I planned for like two days Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and going within with like an action plan and some friends was wildly helpful. Maybe consider like literally writing an outline for what it might be like because Mm -hmm. that helped me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And don't go by yourself. If you can find someone to go Mm -hmm. with you, if if you do want to venture a toe into the waters of going to a protest. Go with a group. Go with a group. Yeah, absolutely. Go with a group of people. Find or just one person who's willing to go with you mm-hmm. and stand you, on the fringes. You don't have to be in the center of it all. I will tell you what, going to protests is, it's like good for the soul. It's invigorating and it can be kind of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think there's also um, a tendency to sort of assume the worst will happen when in reality, a lot of protests are actually quite boring. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there will be some, some very cool speeches. You'll feel like things are happening. Might be some music. Might, there will be some music. There'll be a march. There'll, there'll be, be a march. march. Someone will hand out bottles of water and that'll be it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. nothing dramatic will happen. So I do think there is maybe a tendency, especially for those of us who have anxiety, to a little bit catastrophize mm-hmm. uh, what could go wrong. And while it is certainly important to be aware mm-hmm. of uh, the potential dangers and to take steps to mitigate them, there's a very good chance that any protest you go to will be unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like Jackson said, it's fun. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a way to get out of the house. It's a way know. to get out of the house. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be high stakes, I guess no, is what I'm no. saying. Like yeah. Yeah. your your activism can be very low stakes mm-hmm. and, and straightforward. It can be making sure that, that there is inclusion in your school board. Mm-hmm. You know? Just in general, vote in your local elections. Yeah. Vote in your local elections. Run for the school board. Githa says... Yes, stop waiting for the presidential election to vote. Yeah. Yeah. Voting in your in your local elections is how you get a lot of things to change mm-hmm. gradually, bits at a time. Bits at a time. All right. You can find us on Google. By Googling 3-P-A-A-C or 3, the number 3, Pagans and a Cat. Mm-hmm. We have a website at 3 com where you can find links to a bunch of things, including our Patreon and our Redbubble and Gwyn's blog on Patheos Pagan. Mm-hmm. Got a TikTok that I like to update. Yes, sometimes she does. frequently, sometimes not. Every know? now and again, she'll she'll pull me into a TikTok. <laughs> it's uh, so much fun. They're, I they're... try to get Jackson, but he's a no. He's a no go. <laughs> and the ones I'm on are few and far between, but they're out there. So yeah, Gwen enjoys her TikTok quite a bit. <laughs> uh, enjoy Pride Month, everyone. Yes, happy um, Pride. Try not to get too angry at the the pink washing and uh, every company on earth changing their logo to a uh, mm-hmm. rainbow flag for the next thirty days. And we will see. And all next week and buy from queer companies yes and queer businesses support your local queer businesses yes support your local queers all right (laughs) all right have a good week goodbye 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 goodbye